2: The Secret Library Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you via the Secret Library Podcast Patreon. You can check it out at patreon.com slash secret library. This is episode 132 of the Secret Library Podcast. My guest today is Ryder Carroll, the author of the book Bullet Journal Method and the creator of The Bullet Journal. He is also a digital project designer and lives in Brooklyn, New York. Diagnosed with learning disabilities early in his life, he was forced to figure out alternate ways to be focused and productive. Through years of trial and error, he developed a methodology that went far beyond simple organization. Now he focuses on helping others to learn about what the bullet journal method is really about, the art of intentional living. So I could not think of a better person to have on for our Happy New Year episode. So welcome to 2019. And... It was very interesting to me having Ryder on to talk about both the bullet journal method, which I think can be of tremendous use to writers. It's something that I use myself, but we had the added layer of him writing a book about the bullet journal method, and we're able to talk about not only the method, but also using the method in order to write a book about the method. So it was a pretty meta conversation, but one that left me so excited and eager for all that 2019 has to offer. So here we go with Ryder Carroll. Hi, Ryder. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: So as we were discussing just before we started, there's the opportunity to get extremely meta in this conversation because as a fan of the bullet journal process and a, a many, many times over term owner. Um, I'm interested in the process itself, but given that you've now written a book about the process, as well as using the process for ma- uh, planning many times for many projects, I'm interested in how the bullet journal process went with you into the process of writing a book about the process.
1: Yes, you know, it was very meta, it was using the bullet journal to write a book about the bullet journal, explaining how to use the bullet journal, and you know, a lot of A lot of layers of meta. So I guess I would start off by saying that it helped me learn how to structure both my time and my ideas in a way that it hadn't before. I came from a pretty regular Manhattan, like, you know, nine to seven sort of situation. Right. And I approached writing with that time schedule in mind. And at the beginning, um, I didn't appreciate how mercurial of a process it would be i guess right it's not like you know i've been a designer for over a decade i can sit down and design for a week straight progress is very linear for me like that but with writing it was a very different beast and over time i realized that it was the way that i was actually organizing my days and one thing i also didn't really appreciate is that at least in my experience a book is very much Like a person, it is. It has different stages of evolution. You know, at first it's an infant. You know, it's there, but it's not informed. It's trying to figure out how to do very basic things, but it's there, right? And I found in the infant stage of writing, which was more the generative stage of just getting thoughts out onto paper, that didn't work when I did it in the same place where I would do like my design work. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't just simply replace it. And it took me a while, but I started figuring out that I would have these distractions that would kind of make it difficult for me to think for a long period of time and to write. So one thing that started to become obvious as I started studying my notes and like my daily logs is essentially that I needed a time that was free from distractions. And like the tactical thing was to just write before people would start bugging me. It seems like <laughs> a very obvious solution, but you know, it's, it's like it, the writing didn't happen in a vacuum. Like bullet journal has many different things that are going on and you know, the massive community and like different social, all the things that come along with running a company these days and all these things are important, but obviously the priority is the book. But generally speaking, I can hop between priorities and I've worked that out, but now I have this completely new endeavor. And that is something I was really unfamiliar with, especially as a first-time author. So I realized that's like, okay, why don't you just wake up earlier and try that on, right? See what happens. And I realized that if I woke up earlier than I was comfortable with and just zombied my way over the computer, all of a sudden the generative work would happen a lot easier because my mind, my thought weren't as structured. So I wasn't overthinking things as much and I could just get the work out on paper. And I definitely was guilty of being a person who's like, what I write needs to be perfect, I need to have formulated my thought, and then I will commit it to paper. And in truth, that's that I could I guess you could say I realized I couldn't be further from the truth. I'm one of those people who just needs to have material I'm, I'm more of a sculptor, I guess than a painter, right? I, I take what's there and then chip away, as opposed to just, you know, creating from the beginning. Well this is
2: very reassuring to hear because I think as somebody who's been using a system which really encourages you to think in some ways by writing things down and seeing it out on paper to to have this aha be necessary for you as well I think will be very validating for people to hear.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I I think it's important to state like when people first start realizing who's behind the bullet journal a a natural assumption would be that i'm like a hyper organized human being if i was a hyper hyper organized human being the bullet journal wouldn't exist right i created it because i have challenges in this place and you know my mind is, is very hyperactive things move very quickly up there not necessarily in a good way you know so trying to figure out how to work with my mind has always been with the driving force behind the development of the system and especially when you're in a very new place and trying something very new like you, there are no grooves yet right when you become experienced you're, you you know experience gives you direction i think over time you just you know your mind knows ways to work that are more common at least that was the case with design like I can whittle away a lot of the guessing process. I think somebody once is butchering this quote, but the difference between the master and the novice is that the novice sees a million possibilities and the master sees one. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, you know, in in this case I saw a million possibilities all the time. So, you know, it, it reminded me of a younger version of myself, one who hasn't had, you know, like a decade long career training and practicing and, you know, trying to, Improve in a very specific skill set like writing to me is very new Um, So I kind of had to become a novice again and I realized that the way I did things I had Done the thing that I always warn people about I'm guilty of it as well, which is I went on autopilot I assumed I get up early, you know, I sit down from the computer and the work will appear and that was not not the case at all right first of all the work won't be perfect you know um and it's going to be a very different kind of process so i try to create as much content as possible at the beginning like you know the infant stage like everything's a possibility and then you know you get into the the uh toddler and then the adolescent and the adolescent like just doesn't like you and it doesn't behave and you start having (laughs) arguments with that and that would like start happening at a very different or happening with a very different kind of schedule. And then, you know, finally, there'd be like a young adult and an adult where you could actually have a productive conversation, even if you disagreed. And so like, for example, the editing process, which happened like significantly later, was something I could do deeper into the day, because I don't know, it was more tactical and strategic, but the more imaginative part had to happen when my mind hadn't completely woken up yet, because again, I wasn't. I wasn't as inclined to start telling myself all these different stories about my writing. It was just kind of sit down and start putting words on paper. It doesn't matter if it's good or if it's not, it just needs to be. And as soon as I got over that hurdle, that was immensely helpful. And then over time I realized that I wouldn't be able to edit in that same time frame. right? right. Like yeah. I needed structured. I need to be paying much more attention to details and, I already had material, so it was a matter of taking things away, like making the decisions of what I would allow into the book. And you know that that process lasted a fairly long time. I mean, in one of the last passes of the book, I took out I think over fifty pages. Wow! Which is also quite an experience, I'm sure. I uh, was
2: really interested in the structure of it because the structure is so clear and defined in the book, and. The way that you're talking about it now, I'm wondering at what point the structure became really clear to you. Was that something you knew from the beginning, or is it something that you discovered in the process of starting to write about the bullet journal method?
1: Well, I knew from the very beginning that I wanted to make sure that I created... For me, the book is a tool, right? And I wanted to make sure that that tool would work for people who knew about the bullet journal as well as those who didn't. And I felt like the only way I could do that is create... A structure that would allow it to be both a tutorial as well as a reference so for somebody to go from zero to a hundred as well as somebody who's you know been using it for years and just wants access to pieces they might be unclear about and not necessarily have to go through all the things that they're very comfortable with so the structures that was the idea and i mean the thing is that i'm fairly new as an author but i'm fairly experienced as a designer so systems come easily to me you know this is what I'm good at so I'm like what can I how can I design the system inside this book and the way that that unfolded is what you see now and I was basically pulling apart the different components and focusing on the different aspects of the bullet journal method which was also aligning with the reasons I wrote the book in the first place which is to dive significantly deeper into the philosophies and concepts that are at the heart of bullet journaling that are like below the aesthetic of bullet journaling, the system, the thing that most people are familiar with. I think this was my opportunity to share, I would say, more existential perspective, uh, that my community had started requesting more and more over the years. You know, at the beginning, I just shared the productivity system and, People would be asking me very technical questions like, how do I deal with reoccurring tasks and things like that? And then over the years, people started asking me more existential questions. And that's what I had been doing for a long time. And I would just share philosophies and ideas that I had run across that I proved very valuable to me and were very personal in many ways. And over the years, have realized that it, if I really want to provide as much value as possible to my community, then I think it's my responsibility to share these ideas just for the consideration of the community, not as a way to like, here's a prescriptive ideology. Like here are tools i found to be very helpful in my own life when tackling very universal challenges. And um, that's something very new. And that, at least in the bullet journal space and Combining what people were familiar with and what they were not familiar with, it just seemed that I could introduce them separately and then create another part of the book where it shows how you can weave the two together in your life, or at least the pieces that you like. It's not necessarily about my ideas, but giving people a foundation from which they can take ideas that they find very important or inspiring and actually allow them to allow those ideas to play an active role in their own life. And the only way I could do that is trying to keep the things, to focus very specifically on each one of those different sub-goals, I guess. And so that's how the structure started to come together. How do I tell all these stories? And the idea was like, okay, here's basics. Here's what's underneath it. Here's how you put it together. And here are like the most common questions that I get all the time. So it, it, that was the basic skeleton of it. And then the rest of the writing process was figuring out if that was going to work or not.
2: I think that's fascinating to go with something that you have such a strong relationship with and that you've been having a conversation about for years and using yourself and to kind of look a little bit more under the hood of both how it works on a certain level, but also the impact that that was something that I really took from the book was the impact that such a simple process can have on your life as a whole outside of something as simple as, okay, here's a really efficient way to keep track of what you need to do, and what you're working on. It's, there was a certain um, dignity about it that came through in the book about this is what happens when you take the things you want to do in your life seriously, which I thought was really striking.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just I've I spent like the last five years kind of in this new space for me. You know, the bullet journal originated as a side project. The idea was like, here's some things that have helped me, right? And I shared those for free, and I was done with it. That was it, or so I thought. It never occurred to me what an impact it might have on people's lives. I never assumed that it would. Um, But over the years, I've learned that uh, that's not the case. It's had massive impacts that I could have never foreseen. And that's a really humbling experience. But at the same time, my reaction to it is like, okay, this clearly helps. This clearly helps people. Like, how do I get better at teaching this? What other value can I provide to this community? You know, I, I guess... I stuck with my guns. I'm like, here's all the ways that I got it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how I worked my way out of it. Maybe it might help as well. It's like I in no way intended to create a work that would give people the illusion of there being a cure to whatever pain or confusion or suffering there is. But there are tools to help manage that, that I've found to be really valuable. Like, I've never found a cure for anything, but I have found techniques and ideas that have helped me improve my situation in really significant ways. And I found that through trying out many things that really didn't work and you know again it's the same thing at the beginning my product the productivity tools that i shared i'm like here are the things that i have worked for me for years for years and here are ideas you know with the book it's an extension of that concept here are things that have worked for me for years like try them out see how they work and if they don't work what happens then and i try to explore that in the book as well you know like the idea of i don't know I guess over the years, my relationship with the concept of failure has changed significantly. And, you know, I feel like that's just a part of it. No matter how good you are, how smart you are, how educated or how lucky you may be, failure is as part of it. And what do you do once you get to that place? And like these are conversations I've had for years with myself and dealt with. And they're not easy. And there's no obvious answers to these, but there are ways forward. So that's, that's kind of what I was trying to share, essentially.
2: That's great. I'm wondering if we can dive in a little bit to how you actually used the bullet journal to track and plan your writing process. Were there any particular kind of customizations you did I am guilty of fetishizing the custom collection. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be a whole community. We're like obsessed with the custom collections. But I'm wondering for for people who are sitting with a brand new bullet journal ready to go for 2019 and saying, you know what? I think I might want to write that book this year that I've been thinking about. I trust Mm -hmm. you, writer. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to take this idea seriously. What kind of um, layout or or Uh, interaction did you have with your bullet journal to help you make progress with writing
1: well um i mean the short answer is many and they change consistently based on what phase what age my book was at as i had mentioned before right but i think the big the big thing that i would submit for anyone's consideration is before you start laying out anything before you start like figuring out you know how to best get organized is to stop and ask yourself why you're doing it in the first place right and, and, and i can't tell you how profoundly that has changed the way that i operate in general right it's like why am i writing this book exactly is it because that's the cool thing to do right now or is this a skill that i want to acquire is it because i want to get rich or famous you know and like start to like Understand what it is that's actually motivating you. Um, I think that's a really critical step that gets put to the side a lot. It's not about taking this huge existential deep dive. It's just like clarifying your intentions beforehand. You know, maybe it's just because that's something you would really love to do. And that's good enough. That's fine. But I think understanding why you're doing it before you get into it is going to provide you with... A very poor important understanding that will help you when things go bad and they will right when it's taking too long and you can't make progress if you remember what motivated you to begin with that can take you much further and if you don't have that clarified in my own experience like you can lose the thread very easily you can just like run out of steam so that being said things that i actually would do is because this was a very new experience in my daily log, I started taking a lot more notes about how I was feeling in the process. Like, and it was was very much like a meditative process where I'd be like, you know, anxious, confused, stuck, whatever it was at the time. And then I'd start looking over my pages and looking at how I was structuring my days and you know, compare it to my calendar and start trying to see if there were correlations between the way I was feeling and my behavior throughout the day or the things that I was doing. And that's one of the reasons that I figured out that, like, why am I sticking to my old timeline? Mm. Like, that's something that I just that's that was an automatic response. You know, I was reacting to this shift with something I knew already. So I was like, okay, I feel strength, stressed and anxious because I'm constantly being distracted by emails that are always a priority. Um, Especially, you know, when you, in my situation, like the writing process and the marketing process kind of happen simultaneously. (laughs) So it's like, which, which one do I start figuring out first? You know, because this is a book that's kind of unusual in some ways and hard to classify, like that thought process started very early. And how does this interact with all the other things that I'm working on that are really important to me? And I realized it just like needed its own space, like this time to write. So I tried that, and all of a sudden I would notice it's like feeling better. And one thing that was really important to me is like I feel like I made progress.
2: Mm.
1: Not that it was good or that it was bad. I just made progress, um, and that was a feeling that I didn't have enough at the beginning, and it was really. It was really disheartening, right? You'd spend all day sitting in front of the screen. Sure, you've had this experience and it just isn't coming, <laughs> yep. right? Or, or you hate everything and, and you just don't feel like you have made progress. You may have written a bunch, but you don't feel like it's gone anywhere. But when I realized that I could just protect this space at the beginning, I would see that overall the narrative, my narrative to myself, the one that I was creating in my head, was becoming more balanced and it was more optimistic and positive. But then I would see that, you know, shift at different points. Like I'm, my edits weren't right if I did it in the morning. So I shifted editing to a different time of the day. So those are two ways that I, you know, started actually using the bullet journal a little bit differently. And it wasn't about like coming up with a whole new system. It was about emphasizing what I needed at that time, because I already had set my intention for this project you know, to create some to create a tool that is useful for both those who don't know the, what bullet journaling is, as well as those who do, which is kind of under the umbrella of creating a tool for those who are having a hard time figuring out and dealing with their own identity in the digital age, right? That's, that was the umbrella. And and that's, that's, that's a lot to tackle.
2: Yeah, no, small questions, you know,
1: yeah. L- little yeah ones. And, no yeah, biggie. I don't know. <laughs> it's no biggie. And, and this sometimes I just like was shaking my head at like, you know, this thing I had committed to. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know. This is as far as I know, this is my only opportunity to say what I or to share what I fa- thought is helpful. Right. So I might as well talk about the things that I think are most important and interesting in my own life. That's that's, you know, that's that's what motivated me. If this has helped me. Maybe it will help others. It's a very simple anchor. So in that, under that umbrella of that idea, you know, it was it was trying to figure out how to get through the different stages of the book. You know, and there's so many different stages. Again, um, for example, like the next thing was, I would get stuck writing sometimes, and I rewrite a chapter like four or five times. And I just was like, I am not getting it. I am just, I don't know how to say it. It's like the Ira Glass thing where, oh yeah. Where like your, 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 uh, your taste is not equivalent to your ability or the other way around. Your ability is not, you know, equivalent to your taste. And I ran into that constantly, like, here's this idea and I'm just not doing it justice. And then I found that if I set pen to paper and actually wrote it by hand, a lot of times I would unlock that. So that's one thing great. I would do is if I had an idea, I would actually create a note, right? So I didn't actually get locked up on the idea. I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. And that was something that, that was a little bit too alluring most of the time. And I was reacting to the promise of an idea too quickly, right? Like, oh, this is a way I could talk about it. And then I immediately put everything on the side and sit down. I'm like, okay, I got this idea and nothing would happen. So what I started doing is rather than kind of taking it in the bait, I would write down this idea like, what is a substitute for happiness? For example, was a note, right? Because I, I'm, I'm, as you've seen in the book, I feel like happiness is a very problematic goal to have. Definitely. Um, and that's a really challenging thing to unlock and, and explore in a way that is actionable.
2: Yeah, that's not a question you answer in like two minutes.
1: No, and I definitely was trying. Every time I had like an idea or like an angle on it, I'd sit down. I'm like, okay, I got this now. I'd go nowhere. So what I started doing is I just write down that sentence as a note, you know, in my daily log or wherever it was at the time. It might have been a collection if I was, sometimes some of the chapters were actually collections inside my notebook. So everything related to this one concept would be collected in one space so i didn't have to search for it but the thing that i changed is that i would turn the dash which signifies a note into a plus which indicated that i wanted to expand on this idea and what would happen just by doing that i would offload like a really hot idea onto the page and it would allow me to gain some distance from it and like mull it over and not have to worry about the fact that i'd forget it and in that space you know this 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 notion would slowly start to transform into an idea or the beginning of an idea and then writing it by hand actually matured this notion into a fully formed argument or thought so it was just about again not not being impatient with the process which is definitely a challenge for me
2: i think it's a challenge for everybody i've i say that you know i had you know Tons of people on, and and I've yet to have anyone say, you know what? I really wish this book took longer. It really went by too fast for me. I really, I would have liked to draw it out, like maybe an extra six months or so.
1: Yeah, I mean, never
2: it, happened. You
1: know, honestly, like I, 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 it was a very challenging thing to do. It's been the hardest thing I've ever worked on. But I do feel like I could have written this book forever.
2: Mm.
1: You know, it's just like the concepts in that book can every one of those things i think could be delved into significantly deeper my challenge was taking an idea that might have thousands of years of history and consolidating it in something that was approachable and understandable in you know 5 6 pages but you know that's that's not where my mind stops it's like what part what elements of this concept do i explore cuz there's so many branching narratives um so for me a big part was a big challenge was editing but mm-hmm. at some point like I became ruthless towards the end you know I was like hopeful at the beginning and at the end I was just very ruthless about it. it's like this isn't this isn't as clean as I want this chapter is gone nice. <laughs> it, well it maybe cool it'll
2: time. maybe and you'll it, put some pluses in the book as it exists now and then there'll be another <laughs> book later I know everybody who's just published a book like throws up in their mouth a little bit when I say something like that but <laughs> It was like, please God, not another book. But maybe someday, after it cooks for a couple years, there might be something.
1: It's possible. I, I you know, it, I loved doing this. It was like, it was so hard in the best of possible ways. And once I stopped focusing on all the things I was doing wrong. I just focused on getting better and like just making progress there's um again, I'm terrible at remembering people's names, but early on, I found this quote I ran across it actually an Austin Cleon site in mm-hmm. one of his blogs, where he has this quote that he took from somewhere else, and I believe it's um without hope, without despair, write a little bit every day. Nice. And that I have, that's the only thing on my wall <laughs> as a minimalist. It's like the only post-it note I have as, as a person who's not particularly fond of post-it notes that just went above my monitor. And like, once I saw that things became easier because there's, I just remembered not to set an expectation for the writing, just write, just write, you know, yeah. and that seemed too simple and too easy, but it's, it's all the baggage that surrounds the writing that kept on getting in the way. Like is this good enough? Is this smart enough? You know, like, does this make sense? It's like worry about that later. (laughs) Write it first, and then figure it out. At least that would be my my advice. And you know, it's it's the same advice you'll hear anywhere. If you want to write a book, start by writing every day. You know, even if it's garbage, even if it's not related, just just you know, get in the habit of taking your ideas and putting them on paper, which ironically is like the whole idea behind the bullet journal to begin with. This is just a different, I guess, variation of that.
2: I wonder if you, you have sort of the, in some cases, opposite experience of what people putting a book out there have, which is there's this simultaneous fear I talk about with with students that a book will be no one will ever read it, and nobody will ever see it. And at the same time, we're terrified that it's going to be like the, the nasty publishing elf is going to crawl in the window and take it away and publish it before we're ready. And I I think for you, it's yours was never going to languish in obscurity, because so many people are so invested in the bullet journal system already. And I wonder if there was any pressure about Knowing that there's this huge audience that's got Pinterest boards everywhere, and there's all kinds of stuff going on, how are they going to take it? Did they hang around in your head while you were writing, or were you able to set them aside?
1: Well, I mean, if anything, I I felt that it was my responsibility to do the best possible job I could for them. Mm-hmm. I knew who my audience. I know who my audience is, so I could I could focus on them. You know, like when you design software. You create personas essentially, like who are you making this for specifically? Like what do they like to eat? What, what are their hobbies? you know, What are their age groups? Like these are ways that you make software not completely impossible to use. And I think that in some ways having my target audience and having familiarity and, and uh, a very big respect for them, I, I tried to keep all that in mind while I would write. But yes, I mean, it's a tremendous pressure because it's not I know this is going to be published and I know that people find this to be a very impactful thing in their life already. So what am I telling them that they don't know? And more importantly, are the new elements going to help them? Like, am I how will they help? How can it possibly help them? So, you know, it's it's it's. That that to me was the ongoing discussion. And that's also what happened in the editing process. Like where am I just getting too meta and too heady into these ideas that might just be too unique to my own situation as opposed to tackling things that, you know, you sit down at a table and everybody knows what you what you're talking about or has experienced that challenge in some ways. And that's that's what I always kept coming back to, like make it relevant make it relevant to what you know. And the thing that's kind of a double-edged sword with my community is that they are so diverse, mm. you know, like from 13 year olds to 80 year olds. Like that's a very wide community to create one tool for. So it's, it's, um, those were a lot of the deliberations that were going on. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt very responsible for that, but I also felt very honored to have that opportunity as well, you know. And I just did the best I possibly could, and I think that that's something that I can only attribute to my parents. Like my parents knew I was a terrible student, <laughs> <laughs> you know. They, they were both teachers as well, you know. When I was diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, like there was. Very little known about it and few tools. and as two teachers, I imagine must be really frustrating to find out that you know your child is struggling with this thing that you don't really have any training for. right. And one thing that they drilled into me, especially as like things weren't working out a lot of the time, is like do the best you possibly can. And that helped me, right? Because all of a sudden the only person I was comparing myself to was my previous self, as opposed to all the other people who just weren't me. And I felt like in the process of writing this book, I just was learning so much so quickly that I was able to make progress because I knew that I was getting better or at least not having as many challenges <laughs> that I did a week ago, a month ago. But, you know, that being said, there's always new surprises in the process. Absolutely. You know, like one thing that might not be. That might not be obvious is that I actually also designed all the art in the book. So, um, you know, the cover and all the different systems and visual examples and how do you bake that into the writing process? When does that begin exactly? And, you know, (laughs) it's just like a lot of different elements. So it's, um, you know, I just try to keep the people in mind who I'd been talking to for five years and focusing on the specific Patterns of questions or groupings of questions that I set out to answer in the first place and that helped it helped And it was also daunting for sure.
2: I'm sure Well, you also included so many beautiful examples from the community And I'm wondering how the process was to curate all of those because I'm sure there were no shortage of examples And that you probably could have made a whole coffee table book of those.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna lie. That was that was very very hard It was a balance. I guess the best way I could say it was one of the biggest reasons people don't bullet journal that I've come across in my time is they look at very elaborate and beautiful examples and they're like, I'm not an artist, so I can't bullet journal, or I don't have time for that, so I can't even try that. And even though elaborate examples of the bullet journal are fine as long as it kind of, as long as it honors the underlying methodology right it can look however you want it to look and that's a big part like understanding how you need to bullet journal what what the bullet journal can do for you is a big part of the practice but that all gets lost when you see somebody who has like this illuminated illuminated manuscript mm-hmm. right so on the one hand i wanted to make sure that that was represented but on the other hand i wanted to make sure that people realize that it doesn't have to be like that Um, So that was a big one. So I focused on examples that would be an alternative to things that I had already shown in the book. You know, so a lot of the examples is like, okay, so here's what one kind of monthly log could look like. Here's a very different interpretation of the same idea or like this is what the future log looks like. The basic version. Here's a different type of future log. So a lot of things were a balance to what I had introduced as core proponents. And then if I started talking about custom collections, so the, the tools that you invent for your own practice, then I came up, then I tried to filter it down to pieces that I felt were very clever, right? And could be very practical and helpful for people who are very new to this. So for some people, that's the monthly reflection page where you basically you just have one page where you reflect on the previous month and write out the things that were great and the things that weren't so great and just, again, start to form this habit of introspection. In this case, that example happens to be beautiful, but I just I think the idea of that. That process in general of like reflecting and writing out all the things that you felt about the month is a beautiful process anyway. So, overall, it was those kind of things like, what is a good counterexample to show the breadth of what's possible and how flexible the system can be, but also show how these different interpretations are a lot of times designed to be very practical and targeting very specific needs for a specific user.
2: Definitely. It was not
1: easy. It's oh, I can't, I can't
2: even imagine. Yeah. I can't imagine narrowing it down. I mean, as you mentioned in the book, that there are hashtags you can look for. Like, if you need some inspiration, just type this and then spend the next three days looking at everything that comes up <laughs> in Pinterest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's astonishing. It's amazing how generous people are to share what they're working on. And I, I can't even imagine curating that. So I, yeah. think, I think it went very well. And I, I just say to, to those listening that I hope that hearing about this and reading the book, which is a wonderful resource, will, will help you to organize your thoughts and, and really write some every day. I think that quote is beautiful that you shared about write, can you say it again, write without despair, without hope?
1: Without hope, without despair, write a little bit every day.
2: I think that's the new motto. That's great. And I'm, I want to thank you so much for coming on to talk to us about this and the process of writing this book. It's, it's really inspiring.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash you can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram, where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C A R O D O N A H U E. I look forward to chatting with you there. See you next week. Until then, happy writing.
0: The new year is all about new beginnings and fresh starts. Make this the year you resolve to treat every inch of your skin to silky smooth hydration with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Butter. Rich but never greasy, this TikTok famous body butter is clinically proven to visibly firm skin and provide 72 hours of continuous hydration. Formulated with high-performance ingredients like ceramides and Andaria seaweed, it transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple. Osea's been crafting seaweed-infused products that are safe for your skin and the planet for close to 30 years. Everything they make is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Start your year fresh with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at Oseamalibu.com. That's O S E A MALIBU.com code GLOW.